Welcome to Beyond the Paradigm. Thank you again if you were with me for my last episode where I began to explore what demons are and began to explore demon possession. I talked about the gateway to becoming demon possessed. Occult practices such as voodoo, witchcraft, Ouija boards to name but a few are ways in which a person can open up a gateway to potential demon possession. However, on this episode, I will be taking a deeper look into the manifestations of a genuine demon possession and seeking to show the difference between that and mental health problems. I'm going to examine some real life cases of demon possession, both from the Bible and some more modern day cases. I will also be talking about conversations I've had over the years with various people regarding their experiences of the demon possessed and demonic activity. Mental illness and physical illness is a result of the fall of man. They are a byproduct of living in a fallen world devastated by the sin of mankind. When Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, he became subject by a curse to death and all that a fallen condition entails such as physical sickness mental illness every human being around the world no matter whether they are rich or poor black white or from whatever continent they are from is subject to sicknesses mental illness and finally death it is universal and the reason it is universal is that we all come from one man and one woman. Therefore, the chain cannot be broken. However, demon possession is real. And not everything can be put down to mental illness. So I'm going to talk about the different manifestations of demon possession. Which should help us recognise the difference between that and genuine mental illnesses. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who before his death in 1981, was a qualified medical doctor and used to practice at the Harley Street Medical Practice in London. And this was a world-renowned medical practice that had kings and other members of the royal family as patients. Dr. Lloyd-Jones actually became the pastor of Westminster Chapel. Now he stated that he often had psychiatrists bring in patients for him to determine whether or not they were demon possessed. And he actually said that in 78 to 80% of cases, they were actually demon possessed, but the rest of them were genuine cases of mental illness. There are various manifestations of genuine demon possession. These manifestations will make a genuine demon possession case distinguishable from a mental illness case. In the film, The Exorcist, the manifestations on display are very extreme and demon activity usually is not this overt. In fact, 
it can be very covert. It's very, it's very subtle. However, in that film, we saw various manifestations, such as the demon speaking through the girl, projectile vomiting, physical strength beyond the capability of the person, ordinarily. Now, firstly, someone who is demon-possessed will display a different personality. There will be a distinct sense that this person is not who they used to be. There is a sense that someone else is there. In fact, family members will certainly notice the difference in the person. It won't be the fact that they are acting strangely, but they are actually displaying a completely different personality. It is actually a new personality and they will act and speak as one who is controlled by this other personality. And they can be generally very arrogant and they speak down to people and can use very coarse language. They can also speak with a different voice as the demon can actually use the person's vocal cords to speak through the demon-possessed person. This is a common feature, and there is many reported cases of this happening. There has been cases where the person demon-possessed, for example, has spoken in Swedish, and someone present could verify that they were actually speaking Swedish, and not just speaking nonsense. Prior to this, it was known that this person, who was demon-possessed, they couldn't even speak Swedish. In fact, in one case, which I will go into in detail later regarding a lady known as Julia, it was verified by six different people that she spoke in multiple languages. They can also display hidden knowledge. They can know personal details about people present, about their family members, and this is why using a medium is so dangerous because any legitimate information will be coming from a demonic source. Unusual strength. A person can display strength beyond what they should be physically capable of. I've heard of a case where an underprepared Lutheran minister went to cast a demon out of a young girl who reportedly only weighed 90 pounds in weight. The pastor was asked if he required help to hold her down, and he declined, stating it wasn't necessary. This was a mistake. The pastor, who said later that he weighed about 200 pounds, he was thrown across the room by this girl, demonstrating that the demon-possessed people can use immense strength beyond their normal physical capabilities. A demon-possessed person can not only display immense physical strength, but other phenomenal physical feats. A US police captain says that he believed a story about a woman who claimed her children were possessed by demons. Latoya Ammons from Indiana said her three children walked up walls, 
levitated and spoke in other voices. Official reports filed in 2012 backed up her claims, with psychologists stating that they saw the nine-year-old child speak in different deep voices and walk up a wall backwards. He flipped over and landed on his feet, they added. Police Captain Charles Austin, who has more than 35 years of experience, said he had been convinced by the story. According to a local newspaper, the Indianapolis Star, he described himself as a believer after visiting the house and interviewing Miss Ammons and her family. The report also detailed the time when the seven-year-old walked up a wall in front of a number of medical professionals. I was told um, by a friend of mine at church of a demon-possessed nun that his friend, who was a trusted source, had witnessed this nun run up a 20 to 30 foot wall. She literally ran up it, a vertical wall, like Spider-Man. person who normally speaks very well with no speech impediment can suddenly become mute when demon possessed the person cannot control themselves the evil spirit can make them mute or actually speak through their lips so the person has no control at all like in the film Ghostbusters when Dana says to Peter Venkman in the demonic voice, there is no Dana, there is only Zool. And even though that was just a film, that is something that does happen in genuine cases. The person loses control. Levitation is one manifestation that is obviously going to prove that someone is demon possessed and not just suffering from a mental illness. There are many cases of people levitating. When I lived in Northern Ireland, I spoke with a missionary who had done missionary work in Africa. And he told me that levitation was common among these African tribes. The shaman or the witch doctors could levitate people and they also levitated themselves. He also told me of a witch doctor who when he looked at him, his face became all contorted and he bit right through a coconut. A coconut that would take some force to split open with a machete. And even stranger than that, he told me that some of the witch doctors, they could actually transform themselves into animals. Basically, they were an animagus, like out of Harry Potter. 
Now, the definition of an animagus is a witch or wizard who can transform their cells at will into an animal. Clearly, this is otherworldly. Another feature of genuine demon possession, and it's something that always happens, is that when you mention the name of Jesus, it causes a reaction from them. There's this like antagonism and a fear. In one incident, the demons speaking through a man immediately recognised Jesus as the Messiah. And this is taken from the New Testament, from the book of Mark, verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 23 to 24. And it said, Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then in another passage, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 29, it says, And behold, they cried out, that's referring to the demons or the devils, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Demons are fully aware that they're on the losing side. And that torment is coming their way. Now this next manifestation I'm going to talk about is absolutely wild and mind-blowing. It's called remote viewing. And it clearly will distinguish a demon-possessed person from someone with a mental illness. Remote viewing is a practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen object, purportedly sensing with the mind, typically a remote viewer is expected to give information about an object, event, person or location that is hidden from physical view and separated at some distance. Now, in early occult and spiritualist literature, remote viewing was known as teller and travelling clairvoyance it can be described as seeing remote or hidden objects clairvoyantly with the inner eye or in an alleged out of body travel the study of psychic phenomena by major scientists started in the 19th century early researchers included Michael Faraday Alfred Russell Warris, Rufus Osgood Mason, and William Crookes. Their work predominantly involved carrying out focused experimental tests on specific individuals who were thought to be physically, sorry, psychically gifted, forgive me. Reports of apparently successful tests were met with much scepticism. From the scientific community. However, in a little while, I'm going to talk about a case of demon possession from the 1980s of a demon possessed person who displayed this remote viewing ability. Now, when I'm thinking of this remote viewing, the temptation of Jesus springs to mind, which is recorded in 
three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, so three separate writers. Now, whilst Jesus was out in the wilderness, Satan comes to Jesus to tempt him. And in one of the temptations, he takes Jesus up into a high mountain. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. But they just remain in this one place. But Satan shows him all the kingdoms to Jesus. Now this, it, it, this might be the same as remote viewing that has been reported as a manifestation of demon possession. Um, Self-harming also, that's been reported as a manifestation of demon possession. However, this is obviously also something that a mentally ill person can do. So cautions needed regarding whether self-harm is caused by demon possession or not but it has been reported that these things do happen in fact there's an instance in the bible of a man um in the gospel of mark and it, and it this is how it reads and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the gatherings and when he was come, that means Jesus, out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwellings among the tombs and no man could bind him, nor not with chains. So he displayed amazing strength because it says that he had often been bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones so there's the self-harm but when he saw jesus afar off he ran and worshipped him and he cried out with a loud voice and said what have i to do with thee jesus thou son of the most high god i adjure thee by god torment me not for Jesus had said to him, Come out of the man, that old clean spirit. But Jesus asked him, he said to him, What is thy name? And this man answered and said, My name is Legion, for we are many. So this man was possessed with many devils. But even more interestingly, this man, or this demon, or demons, he besought Jesus that he wouldn't send them away out of the country. Now there was near unto this mountainous area where they were a great herd of pigs. And the devils besought Jesus and said, basically, send us into the swine. And Jesus gave them leave and all the unclean spirits entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. It says there were about 2,000 of these pigs. And they were chalked in the sea. Now, interestingly, these demons, they, they entered into animals. So, it's actually possible, well, as happened, that animals can be possessed by demons. I don't know how common this is, but this is an instance of it. There's another case in the bible regarding a young girl 
And this is in the book of Acts and, and it reads, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, this is, this is Paul the Apostle, A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us. The book's written by Luke. He was a doctor. And he wrote the Acts of the Apostles um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. But he was actually a physician, a medical doctor who wrote it. And the girl said that these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And it says that she did this for many days, following Paul around. And Paul became grieved by this. And he turned to the spirit and said, I command thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out of her the same hour. Now this word that's translated in English as divination is actually the Greek word puton, which means python. Now, in Greek mythology, python was the serpent that sometimes is represented by a medieval-style dragon living at the centre of the earth, believed by the ancient Greeks to be at Delphi. Now, whoever this demon was, or evil spirit, it gave the ability to this girl of divination. Now this is the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge, usually by interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers. Well, after Paul had cast this demon out, it caused uproar in this city and Paul and his companion Silas, they were beaten up and thrown into prison. I'm now going to examine some more recent cases of verified demon possession that's going to have you question your own worldview. In fact, some of these should blow your mind. Pat Redding was living in Litchfield, Connecticut in 1983 when she started showing signs of demon possession. She was a single mother with one daughter and at the time of her initial suspicions of possession, her daughter was only six years old. Pat Redding lived normally until one explosive morning when she woke up to find her sheets were stained and spattered with blood. She peeled herself off her bedspread to find that her back was covered in scratches, cuts, almost as if a dog or other large animal had attacked her overnight. Perturbed and confused, she laid awake the next night, hearing whispering voices coming from all angles. She assumed that this was just due to anxiety and wrote it off as nothing, uh, not a concerning incident. However, Pat awoke to find the wounds on her back had been reopened and there were patches of her hair missing from her scalp, almost as if 
it had been ripped out. Additionally, there were bloody bite marks running up her arms and down her legs. Now these wounds were far too severe to be caused by her six-year-old daughter and there was nobody else in the house with her at the time. So she went to see the doctor to get, and she got checked out. And her doctor assumed that she must have been going through some psychotic episode and he had her sent to a psychiatric ward. The doctors at the asylum strapped her down at night only to find that her wounds were getting worse and she was getting more agitated and feral. They brought in 16 different priests, again Roman Catholic priests, to see over the course of two weeks and she got 16 different exorcisms, yet none, and not surprisingly, yielded any positive results at all. Pat Redding died of unknown causes on June 6th at exactly 6pm. Her daughter was handed to Child Protection Services and her whereabouts are currently unknown. Now, probably the most mind-blowing case that I've examined that is a more recent case involves a lady but the case is actually um, I've heard the testimony of this doctor I've read about it and it's a very very mind-blowing case Dr Richard Gallagher was a psychiatrist that used to diagnose people with mental illnesses. But in the late 1980s, he met a woman who, in his own words, changed everything he knew about science. He was introduced to a woman who he was to refer to as Julia, and this was to protect her identity. And she was a self-styled satanic high priestess. She called herself a witch and she dressed the part. She had long, flowing dark clothes with black eyeshadow around her temples. And in many discussions with Dr. Gallagher, she acknowledged to him worshipping Satan as his queen. Now, Dr. Gallagher is a man of science. He's a lover of history. And after studying classics at Princeton, he trained in psychiatry at Yale and in psychoanalysis at Columbia. That background is why a Catholic priest had asked his professional opinion, which he offered pro bono, about whether this woman was suffering from mental disorder or mental illness. He was a sceptic, and this is the reason that the priest sought him out. They wanted a sceptical person. Now, the night before Dr. Gallagher met Julia, he was at home, in bed. His cats, which were normally peaceful and friendly with one another, well, he was awakened in the night by the sound of his two otherwise docile cats screeching 
and clawing at one another. And Gallagher was forced to separate these two cats because they were going berserk and he had to put them in two separate rooms. He then went back to bed and he was mystified by their strange behaviour because it had never happened before. Now the next morning, a priest with whom Gallagher was well acquainted knocked at his door and he was accompanied by this Lady Julia. And the first thing she said to Dr Gallagher was, how do you like those cats last night? Which obviously must have greatly disturbed Dr Gallagher. Now, during his consultations with Julia, Dr Gallagher stated she showed many unnatural abilities, such as speaking in different languages, including Latin, and it was verified by six other people. She was also able to tell people personal information, including information about family members. Now, she told Dr Gallagher that his mother had died of ovarian cancer, which was true. Now, whilst on the phone to a priest, Dr Gallagher was, Julia wasn't present. In fact, he knew that she was approximately a thousand miles away from where he were. A voice came onto the phone saying things like, She's ours, leave her alone. Gallagher said to the priest, Did you hear that? And he confirmed he did and said that demons can do that. This priest was seemed to be well acquainted that demons could do such things like that. Now, Dr Gallagher put Julia to the test one day in one of his consultations because he asked her a question. He asked her where the chief exorcist was. And she told him that he was on a beach wearing khaki trousers, wearing a blue jacket, and that he was reading. Now, Dr. Gallagher, who knew the chief exorcist, rang him and asked what he was doing. They confirmed he was walking on the beach and he was reading prayers. Gallagher asked him what he was wearing. Now, the chief exorcist said to him, you must be with Julia, to which, obviously, Dr. Gallagher said yes. So the chief exorcist then just confirmed that he was wearing khaki trousers and a blue jacket. Now the chief exorcist was 300 miles away. This seems to be a genuine instance of remote viewing. Like I spoke before about remote viewing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Now during one attempted exorcism... Julia levitated up in the air with so much force that the priest and the nuns trying to hold her down thought that she would smash through the ceiling. Two hours this attempted exorcism went on before Julia began to snarl and growl and the room temperature dropped to freezing before rising to boiling as Julia began to scream out in pain and writhe around. She was never delivered. She was never exercised. 
And as I keep saying, I'm not surprised. Now, before undertaking this study of demons and demon possession, I already had a knowledge of this area. But looking into these more recent cases, it has absolutely blown my mind. Multiple witnesses testify to these events, including a leading psychiatrist who was a known skeptic. He believes in evolution. He believes in the Big Bang. Now, these accounts, they cannot simply be ignored or dismissed as utter nonsense. They require an honest contemplation of what is actually out there in the world. It must shake the foundations of what you believe in if you do not believe in a spiritual world. Because even if just one of these multitude of reported cases of demon possession is true, this will shatter your whole paradigm if you're a non-believer. You see, the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. You can join me again for another episode as we look to examine this strange world of ours. You can catch me on Spotify, I'm on Apple, Amazon. You can also uh, message me on Twitter if you want, Beyond the Paradigm paradigm underscore 79 or you can catch me on my email address love to hear from you with questions suggestions of something that you would want uh, to hear about that's beyond the paradigm at yahoo.com so join me again as we go deeper into the rabbit hole on beyond the paradigm <laughs>